live from Studio 3, this is Packaging Today with Evelio Matos, Alan Peake, and Corey Connors. Everybody, thanks so much for joining us. We got a lot of stuff going on today. It is Monday, October 24th on Packaging Today. If uh, you're not familiar with who I am, I am Evelio Matos. I host Package packaging unboxed podcast and uh, we've got adam peak Corey connors and a whole crew live from pack expo that's right we've we brought the noise yeah we brought the <laughs> funk the funk is always here it, the funk the funk never dies yeah, yeah. speaking okay. of the funk you guys want to introduce yourselves yeah. Daniel, you first. Yeah. all right hi i'm daniel goad i'm a strategic program manager at spec right uh and i'm mikey prosciutto i am uh, let's just say co-founder at Scrap Recycling. That's kind of what I do. Nice. We're live here from, from Pack Expo, the Specrite booth. So it's an exciting uh, show. It's been incredible. 1.2 million square feet and 40,000 of our closest friends. That's right. Wow. <laughs> the packaging wow. nerds have united. Uh, <laughs> by the way, if you're watching this and you're at the show, then why are you watching? Why are you watching this on LinkedIn? I don't know. Uh, maybe you haven't made your way over here. You had a late night, right? It's what? What time is it? At nine. It's nine thirty. You got a little bit of forgiveness. Uh, but we're we're at LU Lakeside Upper sixty-seven thirty. Lakeside Upper sixty-seven thirty. They've got some pretty killer swag. So come check out. It's like a fishbowl here. Spec right? Yeah. It's uh, at first we were like LU is lower upper. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what it is. Awesome. So, uh, you know, first off, like we always like to kick this thing off. Uh, we'd love to know where you're watching from. Uh, if you can just tag in the comments where you're where you're watching from. We get people from from India, from the UK, from Australia, from all over the US. Um, so first, guys, you're at Pack Expo. Where is Pack Expo happening for anybody that's not familiar with the event? Well, it's it's in Chicago and Corey and I just were in the media area. And I learned I met uh, Pierre, who's part of the world pack. He, he's the president of the world packaging organization. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he told me that they have a board of 65 members representing 65 different countries. And he's like, yeah, she came from Lebanon and she's here from Brazil. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So we're here in Chicago, but it truly is an international gathering of people here because packaging is global. Yes. And packaging is for the children. It's like Wu-Tang. We always say that. Yep. It's important to know. But it's it's been the most impressive packaging show I've ever been to. Uh, every turn, every corner is something new, something interesting, something innovative in the packaging world. You're seeing a lot of buzz around sustainable packaging, which makes me very happy as the host of Sustainable Packaging Podcast. Wow. And an actual buzz. Yes. Coming from some buzzing. place right around <laughs> us. There's an actual buzz. Sorry. Be, uh, a literal sorry. buzz. It's nice. actually kind of funny. Good because of all the industrial equipment around, I had my Bluetooth headphones and listened to music yeah. and it was cutting in and out. Yeah, like this, the it's called like, yeah, <laughs> basically the buzz is coming in and it's like, there's this crosstalk phenomenon where you yeah. just actually, when your car would drive, you'd actually tune your car radio because they never knew <laughs> that like signals could talk to each other wow. until like 2004. Yeah. They thought everything just did their own thing. So that's why we're hearing that buzz is it's actually talking to the headphones. Wow. So, hey, look at that. See, not only are we packaging nerds, we're audiophile nerds <laughs> but we're buzz nerds engineering degree sometimes yeah <laughs> nice job man that's cool guys so we're getting a lot of people coming in uh across the u.s we got actually seth who's at booth 6165 and uh kelly augustine and i are both sharing uh major 
pack expo fomo yeah we yeah. miss you man you gotta come say hi to seth seth i i owe you so many things phone calls and email returns and also a booth visit so you're in what was it 6165 yep. but where though yeah. lower upper yeah. upper upper you're missing a letter sir yeah. yeah we need to know more specifically uh i don't know how many booths there are a lot. It yeah. takes like 25 minutes to get from the South building to like the, look, there's uh, Matthew, Lake Wright. Hi, Matthew wow. Wright. Hi, Matthew Wright. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Matthew. guys. So, so we typically go through uh, a few different segments on the show. Um, yeah, we got Hugh coming in with FOMO as well. I think, I think we're all feeling this FOMO, right? And oh, uh, Seth is coming. In Nashville, so. no, he's from That's... Nashville. Oh, he's from Nashville. <laughs> I oh, think. So. Seth now we're just... confused. He's like at the booth at like the, yeah. the restaurant. He's like, <laughs> right. they just, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I've been at a booth in Nashville. Like, he's, at the he's at the Waffle House. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know they numbered those, but okay, we'll be there. Nice. All right. I just want to cover some quick packaging news, then we kind of jump into some stuff we got going on. Um, first off, we got, I'm going to share my screen here. Um, so can you guys, while I'm pulling this up, Danielle, where, so tell us about what you're, what you're working on and what you're doing. Um, so I am on the strategic partnerships team for Spectrite. And so one of my big categories and why I'm really excited to be at the event is academia. Um, so I own all of our academia partnerships. We're kind of, I think we're at 11 universities now, wow. um, both, you know, in the U S and internationally, which is exciting. We've expanded to Australia and to Canada. Um, and so it's great to one, get to be in person and actually see everyone, see all the students, see the faculty, alumni, right? And so um, I see some students right out yeah. there right now. <laughs> um, but, There's over a thousand college students here. Yeah, which is great. And they put on, I mean, PMMI does a great job of doing all the events. I, I did Cal Poly San Luis Obispo packaging program. So go I, Mustangs. Yeah, go Mustangs. So um, it's always, you know, fun for the, the students to come here and get to see all the, I mean, the machinery, right, at all the different booths and, and I'll talk to all the people in person. So, And yeah. you had a big announcement yesterday. We did, yes. We announced our MSU partnership um, that we just formalized, which is really exciting. It took some months and we've been working with them for years. So it's nice to, you know, awesome. put a, a donation in. We're going to work on the computer lab redesign um, over the next few months and hopefully launch over Christmas break. We're going to send our crew in there and, and hopefully Same. it's done by the next year. That's amazing. And I mean, the color scheme, right? You've got yep. the color scheme makes sense. Yeah, is it going to be like the Specrite computer lab? Or yeah, is it... so it's the Specrite computer lab. Okay. Um, you know the, how they're, they have the obviously the whole new packaging school being done. Um, so the computer lab is outside of that. So that'll be like redesigned and it's going to tell kind of the, the granular spec story. It's connected to one of their machinery labs. So our our vision right now is to, you know, talk about how it'll move from like the machinery to the design, right? And the mm. flow of the data um, and have some customer stories and some products and things like that. So Great. That's awesome, like, man. Uh, there's a huge uh, group of students here this year and it's yeah. uh, really exciting to see. I met yeah. some students from Clemson yesterday. If you haven't checked out their booth, it's amazing. They made these huge corrugated sculptures yeah. that i was like they're safari really themed right yeah yeah that's cool that's really cool uh i mean it's not just important for students to come to these shows i think it's great for designers as well um you don't get a lot of designers going to pack expo it's it's typically more industry but i think as a designer it's really important to come in and see the equipment and the new software everything that's happening on the back end besides what's happening on your screen with adobe and rdos and those types that type of software like, yes. By the way, you, one of the students that was out here, I wish I could see, I wish I could show it to you. 
but their bag, their like little tote bag, mm-hmm. says anti hand packaging club and it's in the same font as the anti-social social club yeah. stuff i was like oh that's genius Go, come back like, can i have one they've left i need i need one that's funny so just real quick just some uh some packaging news while we kind of typically go through our uh packaging posts we got um this coming across the wall street journal this morning which was you know people are freaking out over lego's new packaging um if you were buying any of this collectible these collectible figurines you would become an expert at like feeling through the plastic to feel <laughs> what character it was and which was the most you know which was the rarest they've changed it now they're doing you know recycled and recyclable boxes for each of these figurines so you can't squish them anymore oh that's brutal and the pe- <laughs> so wait the but people are mad that they, we went to a people are, yeah people are pissed that we're going to the, to paper because you can't squeeze it you know you can't like feel through the plastic like what the shapes are you know what suck it up that's what yeah. i say like the mcdonald's like when you were a kid and you didn't want the same mcdonald's toy yeah you, can't, you don't know what exactly surprise yeah. yeah you gotta try yeah nuts but while, while we're on here while we're sharing the screen i'd love to kind of go through the post of the week adam yeah. what's the post of the week uh jingle uh what's the jingle yeah um you're packaging today with Corey connor's of elliamatos and adam peak now is the time for the post of the week oh that's it yeah that was awesome uh, <laughs> uh post of the week <laughs> very special <laughs> post of the ridiculous. week yeah we nailed it this needs some work we gotta <laughs> Um, I want to share this this post here today, which is from it's actually from Fred Hart, and he was at the Dyline conference in New York uh, not too long ago. Fred Hart's with um, Interact Design out of Boulder, and he kind of go, goes down the list of like what what he learned at um, the Dyline conference. It's a big focus on no plastic, no plastic packaging. It was you know plastic free world, which is part of uh, Andrew Gibbs and, and Sean Sutherland. Um, explain kind of just some, some breakdown on how much plastic there is in the soil, uh, what's happening uh, in terms of how plastic is polluting the, the planet, um, and kind of breaking down some things that explain how to, uh, you know, different brands and kind of things that you can do to, to help. The one thing, and, you know, as having been a, a part of the dye line for, for many years, the challenge, I think, is as a brand you know, to go out there and say how bad plastic is in terms of packaging and, and not knowing all the different materials. But then also having the Dylan website, which promotes a lot of plastic packaging, um, makes things kind of challenging. But I thought this was really interesting in terms of a post. Um, you can check out Fred Hart on LinkedIn. Look at this post. He has a lot of good information on here. So somebody who's a, a great, uh, a great follow for sure. Fred's awesome. I mean, Valerie's a little bit cooler, Valerie Hawks, but Fred's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. Fred's all right. He's all right. There is a there is a push pull going on with packaging mm-hmm. right now. And I think people are confused and people are taking hard stands when maybe they shouldn't. Uh, yeah. and people are being too lenient when they shouldn't. So uh, there's definitely a place for, for all materials right now. 
I just feel like maybe we need to put more plastic in the ocean so yeah. the fish can eat it. It's about time. You know, start doing well, that. I think Sheen's got you covered on that one. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, He's kidding, of course. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> totally well, joking. But, yeah, that goes that goes back to uh, an interview that, that I had with um, Chris Armit, who said that plastic is actually non-toxic and, and absorbs toxins. So if fish eat plastic, it actually pulls the toxins out of their body, and then when they defecate, it clears their body. So it's actually better for fish that there's plastic in the ocean so now it's like high the most, fiber is what yeah. you're saying yeah which was like the most horrible thing ever but it's it's yeah. on record uh, you can find that episode microplastics online. are high in fiber yeah, yeah. <laughs> new marketing slogan Actually, yeah. the best one that i heard in genuine seriousness was we were on a panel and there was someone from like plastic iq i think it might have been and their quote was it's actually bad to design more lightweight packaging when it comes to plastic because when it ends up in third world countries it's not heavy enough or worth enough for them to pick it up Wow. Which we like, uh, my colleague was on the panel and he like literally like you saw him spit take like on camera. He's like, Did you just say what I think he said, man? Oh my gosh. So we all just kind of had to like smile at each other like, is, is this guy serious? Like, is, did he mean that? So your you're, goal of your packaging is not to end up in a developing nation. Just you're no, you're waiting for the, oh, yeah. just kidding, guys. Just kidding. You keep, you keep light waiting. It didn't happen. Oh, he steered right into it. He, he just kept stayed in it. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, well, I know uh, Mikey had an interesting um, kind of piece of packaging news Yeah, uh, okay. that we were talking about before we got on the show um, regarding the, uh, the very stable UK government. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is not about Liz Truss getting outlasted by, I think it was a Greg's head of lettuce. Uh, <laughs> as funny as that is, that is not packaging news. No. Actually, so they recently put up a bottle bill and consumers there was had a lot of backlash about it so they postponed the bottle bill until their epr legislation comes into place so now they're the uk is trying to expedite uh, extended producer responsibility in the country so they get a better understanding of what packaging they do and don't want and then they're going to probably go through an ad deposit schemes to them where they actually have an accurate price as to what costs what yeah it's excellent a lot so of Mike, in the uk yeah mikey can you explain uh just a bottle bill for anybody that's listening that might not be familiar Sure, I can, I can kind of explain both. So bottle bill has traditionally been where, so we have them in Massachusetts. I know like Corey, you were saying Oregon was the first state to have them. So it's basically when you put a deposit, a five cent deposit or a 10 cent deposit on a bottle or can for your drinks, and then you return them to a machine and you get that deposit back. The issue with it is that it's always been consumer facing and then it's also been paid by the consumer and hasn't grown with inflation. Right. So five cents, it's been five cents in Massachusetts since like 1980. If you add it grow for inflation, it'd be about 32 cents now, which wow. I'm sure as we're seeing now with record high inflation and people being restricted on budgets, the last thing they need is 32 cents a can <laughs> on a 12 pack of Coca-Cola. Like that's more than the Coca-Cola sells for at this point. So that's why a lot of people haven't updated their bottle bills is they're kind of waiting for EPR to come into place, which that extended producer responsibility for those who don't know in the audience is where now brands have to pay into the styles of packaging that they choose to use based on the impact, cost mm -hmm. of disposal, shelf space, etc. Like a lot of key factors decide what your EPR rate is. Wow. So now that bottle bill might actually be paid by extended producer responsibility instead of by a consumer paying a deposit at Market Basket when they buy something to drink. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, taking any time you can take pressure off the consumer and put the responsibility back on the 
on the brand uh, makes a huge difference. Absolutely. It's going to really change. Hey, guys, I got a, a uh, actually I have to go jump on a call for my work job that I just came over. What? Uh, you got a I work know. job. I know, but but <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but I'll be milling around Pack Expo. We'll be doing some live stuff. Uh, I mean, you guys can keep mm -hmm. having a lovely chat, but uh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to I'm going to leave. Thank you. All right. So okay, anybody that's anybody that's watching, you know, follow. Make sure you follow Adam Peak and uh, see what's going on on Pack Expo. He's gonna share. And if you see him walking down Pack Expo, just tackle him. And I have a wig. I brought my wig, so <laughs> I'll be I'll be wearing. I'll I be rocking him it. not to wear it for the show. Like, oh, it's gonna man. happen soon. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can't wait. See you, bud. So with uh with you know EPR and like a bottom and and the bottom bill, for example, does that play into um, Spec right? Is there anything that that happens on the spec right end that can um, help kind of direct a, a brand in that way? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we actually just announced our partnership with Lorax, um, and Lorax is the leading software for EPR uh, reporting and compliance. And so we're still kind of looking at what the integration, I guess, will be. But there's a lot of companies out there right now starting to understand that they need. Uh, maybe a software or someone else to help them with the reporting because it's, you know, it's, it's so different for every country, right? Every, every rule is different. Um, right now, the, the States, right. At least how it's going right now, every state has even their own rule. It's not like the U S is even deciding on one rule. Um, yeah. and so there is a lot of data, you know, within spec, right. That needs to be reported for EPR reporting. And so we're, you know, looking at ways to partner and, and give that kind of holistic, um, solution for the customers and, and able to do the, the reporting for the different spots. It's impressive. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of brands are, are stymieing right now. What do we do? Oh my gosh. It's uh, it's a lot of fear. Yeah. And I think Specrite solves a lot of problems. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just like, it's a, a lot of uh, regulations for one individual to learn, right? At a yeah. company. And it's a lot to yeah. keep track of and stay up to date with and make sure it's right all in the correct format and everything. And so I think partnering with someone like Lorax and giving them right the responsibility to keep up to date with all the, the trends and what's on the news um, is, you know, takes a lot of pressure off the, the brands. Very important. And it's uh, yeah. along EPR too, especially for brands. Like it ultimately depends on like where you distribute to well yeah. because that's ra radically going to change a like the epr calculation if a portion of that calculation is due to re like recyclability recycling in texas is horrible no offense texas it's bad <laughs> uh but where recycling in oregon it's really good so like the recycling rate they pay in texas is probably higher because they don't have the infrastructure to do it right. while that recycling piece is lower in oregon but i imagine oregon in their typical fashion would probably have a higher epr rate in terms of like education and other pieces while Texas might have a lower rate there. So it's not like one flat rate. Yeah. You have to think of EPR in the United States as 50 different countries having 50 different legislation. Yes. That's what they're trying to avoid just to not have confusion because if you're a global brand, you're going to adhere to California's policy, which is going to be the most stringent right. over Let's does it matter if Texas is less. Like, sure, you might pay less taxes yeah. there, but you're going to have to adhere to California on everything you do. Great point. I'm heading yeah. on. I'd, I'd break it down even... Sorry, I'd break it down even further. It's not just uh, you know fifty countries. Like in California alone, there's each city has its own regulations. You know, it's like we we're we're a mess. 
for sure. Yeah, it's reaching that point where everybody's kind of scratching their head with recycling. It's like, well, we can't have a national message because even pizza boxes can't get recycled correctly right. in terms of right. like you have to, that really depends on where you are. So if we can't even get a pizza box right, how are we going to get a complicated legislation of EPR correct? And it's just you're going to have to leave it up to locales to handle it. You can't have it be national. It would just be a huge mess if we did it that way, because some areas would be underrepresented, some areas would be way overrepresented. It's just really tricky. I agree. Uh, on uh, Wednesday, I'm heading to the Association for Oregon Recyclers, and they're working hard to come up with all the finalized new recycling laws, uh, which, like Mikey said, I think um, whoever comes up with the most stringent rules is what the rest of us will just kind of have to follow. <laughs> it seems like uh, because yeah. they don't want you don't you don't want five versions of packaging. You don't want to, you know six SKUs uh, to accommodate different states. Yeah, for sure. I know at the moment I'm working with a couple of brands that are global, and they're they're like we just want packaging that's that functions worldwide. We don't want to have to do packaging for Japan, packaging for Korea, packaging for the U.S. And you know, they're like, we just want to do one buy across all channels. Good. And it's like, okay, do do you realize what kind of labeling that requires? Yeah. You know, what kind of you know what kind of materials we're talking about? You know, how 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 to simplify this? And it's yeah. a good thing to try to simplify it for everyone. But just from a labeling standpoint, like you know, if whatever, however many languages we're doing it in, right. um, you know, if we're going to Quebec, for example, it's got to be same size in English and French. If you're going to, uh, if it's in Finland, I think there's like three languages that have to be on there. Um, all of a sudden, you have like a, a book worth of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> please recycle. Like it, yeah. it, it, it is right. insane. Yeah, we're going through that issue right now where we're adopting, I think, German, French, French Canadian, Spanish, Latin American, and like Spanish, European Spanish. And the the way the app UI is set up is that sometimes you'll get overflow because like German's a very long language in terms of their phrases. Right. So like where we thought it'd just be a simple like, you know, plug and chug, switch everything out. But now we're finding that things are just overflowing when you would switch languages. So we're going to have to get creative there. It's not easy to just change a label or change a phrase like it, it adds up quick. It, it certainly does. Is there uh, is there anything on on the pack? I'm sorry, on the pack expo. On uh, I just saw Brandon Gomez yeah. um, saying enjoy pack expo. Um, is there anything on the spec right side that handles some of this regulation? Or I know that's something you know you're working on, but is that uh, existing yeah, at this point? When I think of labeling for spec right, mm -hmm. I think of just kind of like the architecture and how it allows for what you're talking about. So. Mm -hmm. If there's going to be, you know, six different labels for all the different languages for a particular, you know, bottle, let's say, um, how the architecture within SpecRite is set up is so that you don't have to create six unique packaging SKUs with the six unique labels. It's more that you can tie multiple labels to one SKU. Because um, why, you know, create the clutter in your system and the duplicated, yeah. right, duplicated uh bottles that then you have to update all six of them anytime you want to change the label. Um, so I think the, the architecture really allows for you to, to have this new consolidation and, and know what you're updating appropriately with all those uh, well different regulations. Streamline. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you got um, as we're kind of wrapping up here? 
um, what do you got going on the rest of the day? What's happening at Pack Expo today? What, what are you excited about? So many things. Yeah, there's. Um, I, I think I'm excited. There's some student challenges going around yeah. that maybe Danielle you can speak to. There's like yeah, they do. A, I forget exactly what the name of it is, but PMMI. Uh, it's like a, some type of scavenger hunt, and so yeah. they're like supposed to go to these different booths and find different things throughout this whole you know complex they probably walked like 10 miles to find all the booths yeah. <laughs> um but yeah they they go on a scavenger hunt this is my uh this is my day one so i'm just excited to be at the booth for spec right for the day and then probably walk around to the academia events and whatnot yeah that's awesome you, Mikey, anything you're excited about um well i kind of came here on a whim i was i was a last minute <laughs> addition so i was actually originally supposed to we had a new software deployment so we can actually put like scrap on an ipad and it's like a separation station oh wow so i was gonna walk around with a sign like on, on my front that said we even made this backpack recycle correctly and <laughs> have the scrap like strapped to my backpack oh my gosh um, but i decided not to at the last minute just <laughs> so tsa would not really question me about what's in my backpack yeah. um <laughs> But nonetheless, I'm just going to be walking around learning. I know there's like a refill, reuse expo. Like I know we're in that area, but there's actually like a, like kind of TED Talks going on today. Um, and there's a few other interesting events. I got to learn about machinery and just see how all that works. So it's just kind of a nice spot, even if you're not in like specifically packaging. Like I tell you, said like you're in design or I'm just in recycling, which is not here at all, all that much. We just kind of talk about it. It's great to go around and see what everybody else is doing, so you can kind of keep ahead of the game and design ahead of time for it. Yeah, I feel like that's like the biggest value of getting to attend Pack Expo. Everyone is in their own area of packaging, and so it's so great to go around and like learn. Especially being in like technology, it's so funny like having all of our sales reps right go and get to actually see the machinery that customers use. I think there's huge value in just exploring the whole the whole area. Also, the cost of attending is really low. Like, I know other things like Waste Expo and other companies could be quite expensive, but Pack Expo does a really good job of, like, if you just want to get in the door and learn, it's, like, 30 bucks. Like, it's yeah. not a lot. Wow. That's awesome. And then just real quick, uh, Mikey, you got Scrap. So tell us what Scrap is, how people can get it, and why they should use it. Sure. So basically, Scrap, it's a free app uh, that allows you to scan the barcode on the back of any household item. It'll say if it's recyclable or not based on your location. Because all the time we hear like, oh, it's recyclable. Like, There's a difference between materiality in terms of recyclability, which you really can't deny that. Like, If at a chemical level, you can repurpose it and reuse it. Like, It's recyclable. But that doesn't mean it goes in your curbside bit. Same with composting or any of those things. So we actually... I don't want to say like we cut through greenwashing, but we very much organize like what is materially recyclable and what is actually accepted in a recycling system. So if you have curbside, multi-stream, communal yeah. recycling, transfer station, we tell you where things can go and why. And it's just as simple as you scan the barcode within two seconds, you get results and it breaks it down by like bottle, cap, label. And now we're actually doing custom recycling programs for offices. So recently we did a, a trial with National Grid and people who use the app or the separation stations the iPad at the bin, reduced personal contamination by 93% and an increased recycling engagement by I think 82%. Uh, wow. So we can really make it, so it's, people, we found out people really do want to recycle, it's just they don't know how. Yeah, and it's, it's, very it's super complicated. Even when we're here, like we're finding areas where there's three bins, one spot, one bin, one spot, two bins, mm -hmm. another spot. And yeah. if you go to even have bins being consistent, how are you gonna expect people to recycle correctly? And that's mm -hmm. kind of the problem we're tackling. Wow, and that, so that recycle station is basically like an, an iPad, so if, as I'm going to go recycle something or throw something away, I can scan it and then know which bin it goes into. Exactly. And it'll tell, that's the nice thing is that we have two different databases, one with like location data in terms of like recyclability, 
and then one with like what the items are and what they're made of so with that we can route the same item in different fashions so in one of our pilots which i can't say publicly yet um <laughs> we actually they had six different trash haulers on six different floors with wow. six different bin combinations so as long as we're told what station is where and what the bins are present you could scan the same item on six different floors and get six different results and how to dispose of it correctly on that floor. Wow, that's that awesome. my brain hurt. Oh, I, mean, no, my, I have spent five months of my life in Excel that I'm not going to get back, but it was worth it. That's yeah. amazing. Cool. So uh, Paul Russell's asking, the what's the link to, so to the, Scrap? Um, our website is www.scrap, S-C-R-A-P-P, and then recycling.com. And then it's available for free on Apple and Google Play. So we actually give out the app for free, which people turn their head and go, well, where's the money? It's like we do more upscale recycling programs and that's where we make our money in yeah, private enterprise. Tuned, right? But we feel that recycling is fundamentally like a human right. Like you should know what you can put where, hence why the app is free. Cool. And it's scraprecycling.com? Yes. Scrap with uh, a uh, scrap with two P's at the end. It's, it's a pun. So. Perfect. All right. We got it running across the bottom here. So you should be able to it's like find a, it. It's like a stock ticker. That's awesome. Look at that. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I got to just double check and make sure I spelled it right. Uh, cool. Two P's. Awesome. Great. So I think, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up here, Corey, what do you got coming up on uh, on your show? Um, I had a uh, episode release uh, about wine and kegs, uh, which was amazing. And I'm fascinated by the sustainability of that conversion mm -hmm. because wine bottles are great, but if in a restaurant setting or at home, if they don't get finished all the way, which believe it or not happens, uh, that wine often goes bad. So this is an opportunity to save money, to uh, lower costs, uh, help the environment, and be more uh, sustainable with reusable kegs. Sorry, it's very loud here. I'm not sure what's going on. No, that's cool. So, so a keg <laughs> versus a a wine in a box right yeah it replaces like 19 glass bottles which wow. is incredible yeah. it's not sexy but it makes sense i mean it could be yeah i would say wine in a keg would take off in new england in a heartbeat <laughs> yeah. especially a home keg right yeah uh, yes absolutely yeah, yeah. mommy sure. and the keg too right yeah, absolutely there you go. we have two wine fridges in my house yeah. so i love it that's awesome yeah i just had a i just had an episode uh, this week, last week, with Here Design, who designed the packaging for uh, Glenfiddich's fifty thousand uh, dollar whiskey, which was insane in terms of how they developed it. And then uh, this week, coming up on Wednesday, just dropping the second half of that, which is really talking about their B Corp status, everything they went through to become a B Corp design agency, and what that actually means. Uh, so, definitely something to tune into and, and kind of learn more about B Corp. As I'm, I'm seeing a lot of brands moving into that direction. And yeah, we're up for review right now. Are you? Status. Yes. So wow. we actually, we have the score to get it. It's just, you have to edit your legal paperwork. And when we're in the middle of a fundraising round, we can't edit that paperwork yet. So we're sure. just going to wait till everything's neat and tidy and then just reply after the fact. So if somebody says their company's a B Corp, it means they actually care. Like yeah. don't do that. it's not like a greenwashy symbol. Like it's hard work. that process yeah. is incredibly rigorous. Like I have three college students working with me on it as part of like a clinic at my old, uh, at UN, uh, University of New Hampshire. And the, with the four of us working on it, we spent a good like 30, 40 hours just in the application alone. And that's because we have the score. If we didn't have the score we had, we'd have to go to the drawing board and develop programs to get that score. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, it, it's really 
it's really rigorous. It's, it's super complex. Uh, one thing that I'm finding is that B Corps work with other B Corps, mm. right? Like that's kind of the, the incentive. So if you want to work with some of these brands and some of these teams that are in B Corp, you might want to look at, you know, applying for B Corp status. Absolutely. B Corp, being a, being a benefit corporation, i.e. B Corp, will mm -hmm. definitely open a lot of doors for you because between the summits and everything like that, it, there, there's all, it's, it's a, it's a seal of approval saying like these people mean what they mean and they want to do the right thing, which people unanimously trust. Legit. Yeah. And yes, Estera, wine kegs are refillable in perpetuity, which is what's so cool about them and what makes them so sustainable. Great question. That's awesome. I got I to gotta hunt down uh, a wine keg now. Just, <laughs> just pop, it, pop it in the background. It's for almost, testing. It's Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. All right. I, I see some green buttons on the table there. What are those green buttons saying today? Oh Let's, the, we'll push them. The easy buttons. Oh. Time to take control. It Just is time to take control. Right. The rest follows. That's right. Get the spec right. I love it. That's awesome. And if anybody's interested in SpecRite, what is the website for SpecRite? Uh, just www.specright.com, um, and it's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T, um, and we just went through a rebrand about two, three weeks ago, so really I got nice the, the new swag on, um, really went into, leaned into the idea that the, like, the spec is either right or wrong, right, very black and white, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think it looks, I mean, our, our team did an amazing, amazing job, and I think the, the booth looks really good, so... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, a rebrand three weeks before an expo is bold. So <laughs> it's a, a rebrand before the expo, and then we also have Spec Summit, which happens in, in January this year. It's in Nashville, which is our big conference that we put on around spec management. Um, and so there were a lot of deadlines for yeah. them to hit right before all, all of this was happening. So it's very exciting to see it. It all launched and just looked really amazing. Well done. Awesome. Great, guys. I really appreciate it. I'm just going to throw up here real quick. I'm not going to throw up, but I'm just going to put up here really quick. The uh, um, We got Corey Connors with Sustainable Packaging Podcast, right? Yep. And you can find that podcast where? Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, iHeartRadio, all the majors. Awesome. And then we got Adam Peake with People uh, Packaging. Pack Yep. And then, of course, uh, me, Veli Matos, with Packaging Unboxed. Um, if you want to learn about sustainable packaging, Corey's the guy. He's got a lot of information there, a lot of different materials, a lot of different solutions. Uh, interested in just the overall business of packaging, you've got Adam Peake um, bringing in like new new teams, talking about new ways to sell packaging, just a lot of information. You know, We talk a lot about what uh, SpecRite's doing. You know, we, we definitely appreciate what uh, Mickey you know, your team, my, your team's doing, um, what's your, what's your Twitter handle? I actually don't have a Twitter. <laughs> so what, was, what, what was your, what didn't you have like a big oh, ham? Oh Italian yeah. My, ham. my Instagram handle is at Italian ham. So <laughs> there you my, go. My last name is Guido, <laughs> and oh, people don't pronounce it right at all until I say it's like the deli meat, but just drop the R and they're like, shoot. I'm like, there you go. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> it's funny. My name actually translates in Italian to like the strong and the well-fed. Like my, my like family back in Italy was all like farmers and like workers, but uh, it, I'm Italian ham here. That's what it, that's what it boils down to. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. So you can you can find us uh, pretty much everywhere at this point. Um, appreciate it. Appreciate uh, Paul saying the good show. 
everybody that's hopped on yeah. here, Hugh, Esteta, uh, da- Diana, like everybody, we've had a great uh, turnout today. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. Um, Thank you. We'll be back next week with more good packaging news. Thank you. Awesome, guys. Bye, we'll everyone. Up here. Bye. Thanks, guys. Live from Studio 3, this is Packaging Today with Emilio Matos.